the other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. I have followed scott stringer's career for literally decades and i like scott stringer personally i've met him a number of times he's a nice enough guy to have a drink with or to chat with and a smart enough guy i would never vote for scott stringer in a thousand years for anything and i'm very proud of the fact that i've never voted for scott stringer for a thousand years for anything that being said i have to tell you that uh scott stringer's bid for for mayor last year was absolutely shanghaied by the accusations of sexual assault and or sexual harassment that came from a former volunteer of his by the name of Gene Kim. And I thought this guy was railroaded six ways from Sunday and his co- his campaign pretty much collapsed after that. I mean, this is what happens when you're a part of the Me Too movement and you rush to throw people like Andrew Cuomo and Brett Kavanaugh and any public high-profile person that's accused of sexual misconduct under the bus, then when it's your turn in the barrel, the same thing happens to you. And that's exactly what happened to Stringer. But it didn't make it right because if people didn't want to vote for Scott Stringer, it should be because he didn't have the right vision for New York City or because they felt he wasn't qualified or whatever the case may be. Not because of some trumped-up allegations of sexual misconduct for which there was no evidence. That's why I was very pleased to see what happened Monday. The former city controller, and I know Dominic Carter was talking about this a little bit last hour, has filed a defamation suit against the woman who derailed his bid for mayor. In court papers, Stringer called the claims by Gene Kim, who worked on his campaign for public advocate, fake, and said they cost him key endorsements and the goodwill of his supporters and constituents. I think he is absolutely right, and I hope this succeeds, because I hope this sends a message to a lot of other women out there that you can't just accuse someone of sexual misconduct with no evidence, ruin their career, ruin their political prospects, and not have any of it come back to you. And I give Scott Stringer a lot of credit for doing this because a lot of men wouldn't do this. One, because they would hope these allegations would just go away. Two, because they would just hope they don't want to go through discovery. And three, because they don't want to pay the legal bills of going to court. And I hope the next person that considers making a false claim of sexual misconduct against anyone, but particularly a high-profile person, they will keep in mind that, yes, you can be sued for defamation, just like the Me Too movement and all those creeps being outed hopefully caused a chilling effect on the next person that would prey upon a young woman. I hope this will have a chilling effect on the next woman that accuses a man of something nefarious without any evidence. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. This is one of those rare moments of the show where I actually hope our boss, John Katsimatidis, is not listening to the program because he's a big landlord in New York City, and I am sure he is not going to like what I'm about to say. I have always been in favor of rent stabilization. I think rent stabilization is potentially something that allows someone to afford to live in New York who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford to live here. That 
That being said, I recognize that the only reason rent-stabilized apartments exist is because they're enjoying, the people that are the beneficiary of those rent subsidies, they're enjoying a subsidy from both their landlord and the taxpayer. And that's why I have to give an enormous amount of credit to City Councilman Bob Holden of Queens. He is one of my favorite members of the City Council. And, by the way, when Curtis and I were in the leadership of the Reform Party, it was the votes that he received on the Reform Party line back in 2017 that allowed him to get elected in the first place. Of course, he got reelected overwhelmingly in a landslide in 2021 because he is doing such a great job. But what he has done is propose legislation that would require members of the New York City Council to disclose to the New York City Conflicts of Interest Board if their primary residence is rent stabilized. The public would then know if they have a horse in this race. Now, this makes perfect sense. If a city council member, a politician, is voting on whether to extend rent stabilization, uh, make uh, rents lower if you're getting a rent stabilized price, or expand rent stabilization, shouldn't we have a right to know if these council members are living in a rent-stabilized apartment that we, the taxpayers, are subsidizing, at least in part? I think the answer is absolutely yes. I'm not saying at all to do away with rent stabilization, but I'm saying we ought to know. Do these council members have a horse in this race? That's all. Just force them to disclose whether or not they live in a rent-stabilized apartment. Now, when I think of why rent-stabilized apartments exist, it's primarily for people I view as being in the middle class or lower middle class, not city council members who are earning upwards of $138,000 a year and who qualify for a pension after 10 years of working for the city, which a lot of people that are in these rent-stabilized apartments don't. The median income for rent-stabilized households in this city is $44,560. The salary of a city council member is one. dollars $148,000. Far above that. If a city council member is sitting in a rent-stabilized apartment, we ought to know. And I give Councilman Holden credit for proposing this legislation. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. We've spent a lot of time talking about bail reform in New York. We have not spent nearly as much time talking about bail reform in another state where it happened, albeit not nearly as drastically as what occurred in New York, and that's the Garden State of New Jersey. It might be hard to believe now, but when New Jersey drastically overhauled its bail system eight years ago, it really wasn't all that controversial. Voters overwhelmingly approved the constitutional amendment that laid the framework for the change. The measure was framed as a fix for a legal loophole left by the elimination of the death penalty. And the legislation to enact the bail changes passed the legislature overwhelmingly. It was a big bipartisan achievement touted by Republican Governor Chris Christie and the Democratic state legislature. Since then, though, some types of crime have risen, not just in New Jersey, but around the country. Car thefts have surged, and lawmakers, Democrats and Republicans alike, are connecting that to the bail overhaul. Some prominent Democrats, perhaps after seeing how the issue aided Republicans, Republicans in the New York elections this year are joining with Republicans and calling for legislation that would substantially roll back the bail overhaul, which all but eliminated cash bail in the state of New Jersey. But it's a little bit more complicated than it seems. 
so far, even those pushing for a rollback of the bail reform changes haven't really been able to produce any data connecting car thefts and rising crime in general to these bail changes. So far, it's a lot of anecdotes about repeat offenders and repeat reoffenders. By the way, I am not saying at all that they shouldn't roll back these bail reform changes. Monmouth County Sheriff Sean Golden has circulated data showing how car thefts in his county have risen every year since the bail overhaul, but the same trend did not exist statewide. In fact, in the first few years after the bail law was enacted in New Jersey, car thefts actually dropped. They spiked in 2021. Still, At least among some Democrats, there is a huge political appetite to roll back these bail changes. And Senate President Nick Scatari says he is open-minded about it. So you can bet that in 2023, next year, when the entire legislature is up for election, this is going to be a huge issue particularly in the legislative districts that are genuinely competitive in the general election. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's also an issue in a lot of Democrat and Republican primaries. We'll see what happens. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, chances are, if you're up late at 4 o'clock in the morning, or up early, either one, and you're listening to WABC right now, you are a pretty loyal listener to 77 WABC. That's why this announcement applies to you. You can win, are you ready for this, a 77 WABC celebrating 100 years poster. And these posters are actually kind of neat. We have a few hanging around the office. They're framed. They're kind of neat. Signed by Morning Show host. Host Sid Rosenberg? Join join the 77 WABC VIP club by downloading the app or go to wabcradio.com slash VIP to join. I can't help but wonder, though. I love Sid. Sid's a good friend. But are they going to have Sid read advertisements telling people about things they can win signed by me on his show? I mean, why not just have Sid voice the commercial and you could have him do a thing that airs during our show and it could say, hey, join the 77 WABC VIP club by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP to win a poster signed by me, Sid Rosenberg. Why do they have to have me read a promotion telling you how you can win a poster signed by Sid? I would urge you, join the 77 WABC VIP Club, Like I said, you can go to WABCRadio.com slash VIP. And if you want a poster signed by me or Sid or Greg Kelly or Dominic Carter or Rita Cosby or Curtis Lee or whomever your favorite talk show host is, tell them. I'm sure there's a place to write in. Tell them, well, you know, I prefer this poster signed by Frank instead of Sid. So every week we are giving away prizes to VIP club members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia hopefully by people other than Sid. All you have to do is sign up for 77 WABC's VIP club by downloading the app or going to wabcradio.com slash VIP club. By the way, speaking of Sid, I am told that I am actually going to be co-hosting with Sid on Thursday because we are doing our annual 
Tunnel to Towers Foundation Radiothon. So this Thursday, December 15th from 6 a.m. to noon, help us raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and I'll be on for an additional hour from 6 to 7. All the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes and their families this holiday season. You don't have to wait till Thursday. Right now, you can donate $11 a month or more at t2t.othersideofmidnightshow.com. Again, that's t2t.othersideofmidnightshow.com. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from everybody here at 77 WABC and Tunnel to Towers. It's a great cause. I'm a donor, and I hope you'll join me in donating too. Beam me up! To be continued.